Welcome to Goop Tales, episode 41, Goblet and the Viennese Banquet. I'm Maria Calancini, and I'm the author of Goop Tales. And in today's episode, we are going to travel to 18th century Austria. And that is where Mozart was born. And recently, I've been listening to a lot of Mozart's symphonies, and I love his music so much, and it inspired me to write a goop tale that was based in his birthplace. His birthplace was actually Salzburg in Austria, but for today's tale, we're going to go to a banquet with very fancy people in Vienna. So come along and find out what happens to young Goblick and his very rude manners when he is at a very fancy banquet. Um, before we start the story, I just want to thank all of you that have um, left reviews on iTunes for me. I really, really appreciate the time that you take out to write an actual review. It means a lot to me and it really helps me to keep going. And I also want to thank all of you who have written me personal emails. Um, they make my day every single time. So thank you, thank you. Please don't stop. I love getting them. And you always inspire me to want to keep writing Goop Tales. So I think that's it for the prelude to this story. Um, trying to think if there's anything else I had to say. Stay tuned after the story, as always, and I will tell you how you can see the photos that go with this story and take a look at beautiful Austria during the winter, since this story is set in the winter time. And we'll go from there. So let's get started. When Goblick was but four years old, his parents seldom had to scold. They seldom called him, Goblet, don't. He did not scowl and say, I won't. Yet now tis sad to see him dine. His table manners are not fine. Chapter 1 Once upon a time, there was a charismatic and gregarious young goop named Goblet. He made friends easily because he was always in a good mood and he could make just about any of the other goops laugh or smile when he came around. Picky Ida was always in stitches around Goblick. He loved to entertain her with his tiny fork and knife that he carried with him at all times, just in case there was a crumb to be had. Goblick would throw his cutlery high into the air, and as it circled back, he would deliver a karate kick or two and say, Hi-ya! Then he would position his arms for a karate chop. And with the most precise timing, the cutlery would land back in his hands. Picky Ida found this the most magical and hilarious trick. She was mesmerized by the perfect timing, but could never stop laughing at the sight of Goblick's karate movements. <laughs> Together, the two of them had the most delightful culinary adventures. Picky Ida was constantly in search of the perfect meal because she was extremely picky and never liked her food. Goblick, on the other hand, 
loved absolutely every morsel of food he laid his eyes on. But he was particularly partial to sweets. Pastries, to be exact. Goblick simply adored eating. But he had awful manners. He would gobble his food loudly and lick his plate clean. Most of the other goops didn't want to be around him when it was mealtime because he would swipe bites from their plates. Picky Ida didn't mind Goblick's poor manners since she usually never ate her food. She was the perfect tablemate for Goblick. He always licked her plate clean. Together, they would visit pastry shops, bakeries, and tea parlors with delicious desserts. One cozy wintry day, Picky Ida was snuggled up by her living room fire, reading her favorite book and enjoying a mug of hot cocoa. Hot cocoa was the perfect food in Picky Ida's opinion. It was creamy and warm and had a delicious chocolate flavor. She was almost never without a mug of hot cocoa. Just as she lifted her cocoa to take a sip, Goblet came bursting in the door and said, Picky Ida, come with me. I just heard about the most magnificent bakery that has wishing star cookies. And if you eat one and make a wish, it will come true. I want to eat one and wish for sweet treats forever. Picky Ida immediately burst out laughing. <laughs> of course you would wish for that, Goblick. But what if they weren't excellent treats? Then you would not want them. Oh, wait. Of course you would want them. You have no discrimination when it comes to food. Unlike myself, <laughs> laughed Picky Ida. Oh, Picky Ida, I can't help myself. I just love a treat, and there are no bad treats. And guess what? The bakery has magnificent hot cocoa, too, said Goblick as he glanced at Picky Ida's mug. He knew this would entice her. How do you know it's excellent? You have never had it replied Picky Ida. Goblick started to grimace. He just wanted to get going, and Picky Ida was taunting him. Picky Ida looked at him and burst out laughing again. <laughs> of course I will go with you. I was just teasing, she said, as she wrapped herself in her overcoat and skipped towards the door. Picky Ida and Goblick set off towards the Wishing Star Bakery discussing their wishes along the way. So what will you wish for, Picky Ida? A giant mug of hot cocoa? Asked Goblick. Well, almost, but not quite, replied Picky Ida, who was very clever. I would like a mug of hot cocoa that is never empty, no matter how much I drink. Oh, that is a very good idea. You are very smart, Picky Ida, said Goblick. Picky Ida smiled widely as she trudged through the snow. She loved a good compliment. Just when Picky Ida and Goblick thought their little goop feet would freeze over, they turned a corner and spotted the bakery. 
It was all lit up with tiny flickering lights. Pikiita saw an array of pastries in the window. There was apple strudel, black forest cake, sachet torte with apricot jam, and an enticing display of many more cakes. Right in the middle of the window was a large glass jar of star cookies. Look, it's the star cookies, called out Goblick as he raced into the bakery. Picky Ida was right behind him. She dove into the star cookies and stuffed one into Goblet's pocket and another in her own. She wanted to make sure they each had one wish. Look at these cakes, exclaimed Goblet as he held up his knife and fork in anticipation of his first bite. He picked up the nearest cake, which just happened to be a slice of Mozart torte made of pistachio, chocolate, and marzipan. There was a tiny chocolate disc on top of the torte with Mozart's face on it. Goblick laughed as he dove his fork into the torte. <laughs> Look, Bikiita, I'm going to eat Mozart, he proclaimed. Then he lifted the entire slice of the torte to his mouth. And right before he shoveled it in, he heard a gruff voice say, Let's see how you would like to be eaten in one bite. Goblick's mouth was so full that he couldn't answer. He closed his eyes and guiltily swallowed the tort in two giant gulps. Then he slowly opened his eyes, hoping that Pikiita hadn't witnessed his rude behavior. But she had disappeared and Goblick was no longer in the bakery. Instead, he found himself face-to-face with two giant fish eyes. Chapter 2 Goblick shook his head and looked around. He was hoping to wake up from a bad dream, or at least cause the fish eyes to come into focus as something else. But no such luck. There they sat, in a fish head, attached to a fish body, on a plate, waiting to be eaten. Goblet cautiously glanced up and looked around, and found himself inside a large palace ballroom, at a banquet table with over 200 guests. He was surrounded by ladies and gentlemen, dressed in very fancy clothes. Suddenly, he heard a voice say, Uh, Mozart. And then, the most beautiful music began. He looked up to see Mozart playing the piano. His music was captivating and exhilarating. Goblet was at a banquet in Vienna, Austria. He smiled to himself as he thought about how he had swallowed the Mozart cake in two bites. The banquet guests were drinking, eating, and laughing, and having a grand time. Goblick thought to himself, Well, I might as well enjoy myself, too, as he picked up a fork and knife and dove into the fish. He had never been served an entire fish before, so he had no idea how to eat it. He cut it up with his knife and fork and splattered fish sauce everywhere. Then he tried to pop out a fish eyeball, which flew across the banquet table 
and knocked a very fancy baroness in the nose. She screamed and glared at Goblick, who at this point had picked up the fish and was stuffing it in his mouth. You need to learn some manners, and fast, said a brassy voice. Goblick looked around. Who said that? He did. The fork. His name is Pemperil. And I'm Miss Beams, said the table knife Goblick was holding. For the first time in his life, Goblick stopped stuffing his face. He picked up the fork and knife and stared at them. You need to learn to use us properly, or you will find yourself in a lot of trouble in this ballroom. These are very fancy people who have come to listen to Mozart, and they won't tolerate bad table manners. Who are you, anyway? What is your name? asked Miss Beams. My name is Goblick, and... But before Goblick could finish his sentence, he was interrupted. Look at her! She is summoning a butler! You may be in trouble, said Pimperel, as he pointed towards the baroness, who had a fisheye stuck to her forehead. Goblick looked up to see the baroness furiously gesticulating at the butler, who glanced over at Goblick with a squinty eye. Goblick squinted both eyes back at the butler, as he didn't know what else to do, and the butler set off at a furious pace around the table straight towards him. Oh, you've done it! He's coming for you! called out Miss Beams. You've got to get out of here and fast! gasped Pimperel. He could take you off to the kitchen and have you served up like that fish you just stuffed in your face. What? He can't do that! I'm not for eating, pleaded Goblick, as he thought about the tiny Mozart he had swallowed in two bites earlier that afternoon. Almost anything that will fit in an oven is for eating, and you will fit in an oven, said Miss Beams. He's almost here, said Pimperel, as he pointed at the butler, who had just turned the corner at the end of the table and was headed straight for Goblick. The Baroness was glaring at Goblick, pointing her finger at him. Take him to the kitchen, she shrilled. Before Goblick could utter another word, the butler had picked him up by the scruff of his neck and was carrying him off towards the kitchen. Pimperel and Miss Beams quickly set themselves perfectly on the table so as not to be noticed. He's gone, whispered Pimperel to Miss Beams. Chapter 3 Gone, sighed Miss Beams in a worried tone. He was a rather charming fellow, despite his awful table manners. We need to help him, or they will cook him up and serve him like a stuffed goose. She snuck a peek over at the shrilling baroness, who had quieted down and seemed quite satisfied that Goblick had been removed. Pimperel, I don't think another guest will take his place. And surely, no one will notice if we slip away, asked Miss Beams. I agree. We've got to help that young fellow. 
Now we just need to slide off this table unnoticed, said Pimperel, when suddenly he saw a plump hand reaching for him and heard a voice saying, Aha, here is an extra fork. As the hand reached for Pimperel, Miss Beams turned her sharp side up and pushed into the hand. Screeched the banquet guest as she quickly withdrew her hand. Quickly, let's leave now, whispered Pimperel. Both Pimperel and Miss Beams slid down the dining chair and underneath the very long dining room table and moved towards the kitchen door. Along the way, Pimperel stopped to poke his fork prongs into the Baroness's bejeweled shoe. She promptly screeched, and Miss Beams laughed quietly as she quickly continued on. Pimperel and Miss Beams slid under the kitchen door and hid behind a nearby broom. They knew that if any of the other servants saw them, they would immediately pick them up and throw them in a bucket of hot, soapy water. The kitchen was huge and full of activity, as it always was during large banquets. There were at least five cooks and twice as many kitchen staff running out and about. Butlers were coming in and out and grabbing trays and then disappearing again. There was clattering and yelling and dishes banging. There were servants chopping carrots, turnips, and parsley while others plucked chickens. Off towards the end of the kitchen, there were three pastry chefs working on the most delicate desserts and cookies. It was a kitchen circus with hustle and bustle in every corner. Look, there he is, said Miss Beams, as she pointed towards a rotund cook who was dangling Goblet by his neck and turning him around as he stared at him curiously. What sort of kitra is this? I think you would make a perfect roasted goose, said the cook in a booming voice as butlers and kitchen staff scurried all around. Goblet tried to open his mouth and tell the cook that he was a goop and not a goose. But for the first time in his life, he was unable to say anything. He was so terrified and so out of his element that he froze completely Meanwhile, the cook was convinced that he was some sort of funny goose. I don't know if your taste good or not, but there is only one way to tell. We will have to roast you up and see how you taste, said the cook as he looked around for an open oven. The ovens were enormous fire pits with gigantic, roaring open mouths, and there were three spread throughout the kitchen. The cook held Goblet with one hand and reached for a large brass pot hanging above him with the other. He slammed it down on a massive wooden table and plopped Goblet inside it. Then he stepped away to gather some vegetables to throw on top of him. Oh, Pimperel, we've got to think of something fast. He will be back with the vegetables at any moment, whispered Miss Beams. I know. We've got to move now. We won't get this chance again. Let's go, replied Pimperel, 
as he slid out from behind the broom with Miss Beams close behind. They were sliding across the kitchen floor when the butler, who had removed Goblick from the table, spotted them. Who dropped the silverware? He grunted to himself in disgust. And then he reached down and picked them up and headed straight for the bucket of hot, soapy dishwater. Chapter 4 Miss Beams and Pimperel felt soft, plump hands curl around them and lift them up. Pimperel's prongs were gently pushing against the butler's fleshy hands, so Miss Beams did the only thing she could think of. She pushed herself as hard as she could against Pimperel as his prongs dug into the butler's palm like four sharp needles. Zoot! shouted the butler as he dropped Pimperel and Miss Beams. What was that? As the butler whined over his hands and the four red marks on his palm, Pimperel and Miss Beams quickly slid away beneath the kitchen table and were soon forgotten about. Miss Beams peered out and spotted the cook, who was dropping carrots and turnips on top of Goblick. She could see his tiny head popping in and out of the large cooking pot. She watched in horror as the cook lifted the pot and walked across the kitchen to the largest oven mouth and sat the pot with goblet in it right beside the oven. All I need now is the salt, and you will be the most delicious cooked goose, said the cook as he stepped away again. This is our second and last chance, whispered Pimperel. I know, I know, and I have an idea. Follow my lead, replied Miss Beams. She slid over towards the roaring oven and tucked into a little corner on the floor as Pimperel followed her. The two of them stayed on the floor, hidden out of sight, until the cook came over with his salt and began to sprinkle it over Goblick. The guests are going to love you, my little goose, sang out the cook as he salted Goblick. Now, Pimperel, now, called out Miss Beams as she hopped out from her hiding place and began to jab at the cook's feet with her sharpest edge. Up and down she went without stopping. Pimperel quickly followed suit and dug his prongs straight through the cook's shoes Ay, what's happening? screamed the cook as he began to jump up and down and flail his arms about. As he hopped about like a wild monkey, he knocked the giant pot with goblick to the ground. The pot rolled and carrots and turnips fell out, followed by a very salty goblick. Now, goblick, now! Get up and run! Follow me! called out Miss Beams. Miss Beams slid towards the kitchen door as Goblick ran behind her, and out they went. Pimperel stayed behind, and every time the cook calmed down and began to look for Goblick, Pimperel popped out from his hiding place and poked him with his prongs. Aye, there's a devil at my feet, cried out the cook. 
Outside, in the chilly Austrian air, Goblick and Miss Beans slowed down and took a breath. Oh, Miss Beans, exclaimed Goblick. You and Pimperel saved my life. I could never thank you enough. Miss Beams nodded. Oh, really? It was quite the adventure for us. And I think we make such a fine pair together, she said with a blush. You do indeed, replied Goblick. I think I had better get back to that kitchen and see if Pimperel needs some rescuing from the cook, she laughed. Yes, you should. And I need to find my way home. Before someone tries to eat me again, said Goblick. But how will you find your way home? asked Miss Beams. I'm not really sure. But if you two were clever enough to save me, then I can figure it out, answered Goblick as he stuck his hands in his pockets, something he always did when he was thinking. Oh, I know. Don't worry, Miss Beams. Just go back to Pimperel. And make sure he is okay. Miss Beams gave him a quizzical look, and then she slid away. Goblet pulled the star cookie out of his pocket, and he thought of how clever Picky Eda was. He popped the entire cookie in his mouth, closed his eyes, and wished he was home. Goblet kept his eyes closed as he enjoyed every single morsel of the star cookie. He had never tasted anything quite so delicious. Then he opened his eyes, and there he was, inside the delightful little star cookie bakery where he had left Picky Eda. Only Picky Eda wasn't there. She had fallen into her mug of hot cocoa and was nowhere to be found. But that is a tale for another time. So that's it for this episode of Goop Tales, and I hope you enjoyed it. And if you did, I would appreciate it if you would go to iTunes and leave a review for Goop Tales. And if you don't know how to do that, you can go to gooptales.com forward slash reviews, and I give exact directions. Those reviews really help me, and they keep me going to produce the next Goop Tales. So where will Picky Picky Eda go when she falls into her mug of hot cocoa? You're going to have to tune in next time to find out. And in the meanwhile, you can see all of the photos that go with this episode by going to gooptales.com forward slash episode 41. We're on 41 out of 52 goops. So Picky Eda's next, which I know all you picky eaters will be super interested to find out what happens to her. Um, in the meanwhile, please write me in at info at gooptales.com and let me know your thoughts. I love hearing from you guys. I love getting your reviews and I love making these stories for you. So I wish all of you a very, very happy holiday season and an amazing 2018 with all of your dreams come true and many, many more Goop Tales to come. So until I see you next, make every day a Goop Day.